everyone, welcome to Church at Home. We're so glad that you were able to join us for this time of worship and an inspiring message from Pastor Caleb. But before we dive into the message, I just wanna give you a couple of reminders. First, on Sunday, January 5th, that'll be our first Sunday back to our normal schedule. So 10.30 at our West Sacramento campus and 9.30 or 11.30 at our downtown campus at the Crest we'll be starting and kicking off a brand new series called This Is Our Year. And this series is all about developing new habits for this new decade so we can become everything that God has called us to become. So don't miss out on that new series. Also, if you haven't had a chance to give towards the miracle offering, the miracle offering is just our end of the year offering that'll go towards three things. First, it'll go towards furthering the vision of Project Church, which is to lead all people to life and freedom in Jesus. Second, it'll go towards Project Rescue. 10% of what comes in will go to this organization that is rescuing girls all over the world from sex trafficking. And third, this offering will go towards the completion of our new building and Old Sacramento so that we can move in very soon. So make sure you give by going to projectchurch.com backslash give and select miracle offering from the drop down. We are so thankful for your faithfulness and giving. Without you, we couldn't do everything that God has called us to, to do or be. So thanks again. We hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you in 2020. Hey, I want to welcome everybody watching online, listening to our podcast. We got, we got people watching on YouTube. We got people listening on our iTunes podcast, Spotify podcast. And uh, we want to welcome you to Church at Home. This is something that we do every single year. The last Sunday of the year, we actually tell people, hey, stay home, have church at home with your family. And it's really our way of saying thank you to all of our volunteers. If you didn't know, we have two campuses. We set up and tear down every single Sunday. It takes hundreds of man hours. And so this is our way of saying thank you to our volunteers, to our leaders, and giving them an opportunity to take a weekend off, stay home with their family, and have church in their living room. And so that's what we're doing today. But we actually have some people here live. I wanted to welcome you guys and thank you for being here um, to worship alongside of us. And I'm really excited. I'm excited to share this word with you, our end of the year message, church at home message. And uh, man, we're going into 2020, and that's exciting. I love new decades. Um, they only come around every so often, in fact, every 10 years. And uh, it's an amazing opportunity for us to think about starting new and starting fresh. And I just wanted to really end this year strong and really propel us with the word that I believe God um, spoke to me and gave to me for us and for our church. You know, I was thinking about when I was uh, in junior high, high school, and we would do something in class. We would do popcorn reading. I don't know if any of you remember this um, in your lives, but essentially one person would start reading and then they would say popcorn and they would call out another person's name in the class. Now, for me, I always couldn't wait for them to call my name because I, I loved, you know, having the opportunity to be front and center. Um, not everyone's like this. Some of you like staying behind the scenes or a little more shy. But for me, it was like, oh, I can't wait till someone calls my name. I get to read out loud practice projecting my voice. You know, I get to show people what I got, just how eloquent I am. Um, but what was crazy to me was people would call names and there was always a couple kids in the class when they would call their name, they would say, pass. And some of you are like, that was me. I was the pass kid. And, uh, and I would hear that and I would be like, what are you doing? You know, like, why would you pass? This is your opportunity. You know, this is your moment. And I was thinking about that going into uh, today and into this message. 
See, at the end of every year, we actually declare a word over our coming year. We ask our whole church to do this. And so just last week, we asked our church to, pro- to proclaim their word over 2020. And Christy and I had declared the word of fulfillment. And that was our word for 2020. And so I was thinking about this idea of fulfillment. And true fulfillment, we all know, is only found in Jesus. And this word, though, for Christy and I, it really had two meanings. First, the year 2020 is a year of God's, God fulfilling his promises to us. And I believe that because in 2020, we're walking into our building. We're actually in it right now, um, filming this in our building. Um, But our construction is still going. The downstairs will be done hopefully in just a couple months. And uh, man, I feel like we're walking into the promise that God made to us over seven years ago when he called us to plant this church in the heart of the city. And so we're going to have greater influence in this season. Um, I believe greater influence as a church, greater influence on, on us personally and corporately than ever before. So part of this word fulfillment was God fulfilling the promise he made to us when he called us to start this church. That, hey, you're here to stay. The second part of this is that 2020 would be a year where Chrissy and I walk in fulfillment. Because I found so often that I don't appreciate what's happening right now. I'm always yearning for more, you know, for what's next, for that moment coming. And I have this thing inside me where I'm never satisfied. Now, some of that I think is God-given, but some of it can actually lead to and be sin in our lives. And uh, I believe God in, in 2020, he really is challenging me and wanting me to embrace what it means to be personally fulfilled in every season. And so as I go into this message today, I really wanted to start with that because I think a lot of us are wrestling with being fulfilled in the season we're in because we're always looking to the next thing, the new thing, um, that, that job we want to get, that business we want to start, that dream we want that we have. And it's hard for us to be fulfilled right now. And so I just want to encourage you with that because God has been speaking to me and Christy like, hey, I want you in 2020 to be fulfilled in every season. Does that mean you stop grinding? Does that mean you stop believing? Does that mean you stop dreaming? No. But it means that in the middle of the season you're in, you can find fulfillment, knowing that God has greater things coming too in the future. And so part of that, for me, fulfillment, is knowing what my purpose is. And this is probably the, you know, one of the top two questions I get as a pastor, really like, what's God's will? How do I know God's will? And and what's my purpose? How do I figure out my purpose? And so the title of my message today is Passing on My Purpose, all right? Passing on my purpose, and I'm going to explain what this means here in a moment. But let's read Judges. I'm going to be coming from Judges, chapter number 6 today. I'm going to start by reading verse 11 through 18. It says this, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord... The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, 
and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. So this is the story of Gideon. Um, Gideon was a judge, one of the judges of Israel. In fact, if we lay out the, the judges, Gideon was pretty much dead center of all the judges of Israel. So we're looking at 1200 to 1000 BC is when judges is happening. Um, right in the middle of that is when Gideon is appointed and anointed as judge over Israel. So what had happened was Israel had come into the promised land, right? Joshua had led them in um, after Moses wasn't allowed to enter. Joshua leads them into the promised land. And so they're living in a land that's kind of conquered, but not fully conquered. So like they've conquered some parts of the land and they're living in some parts of the land. They've established themselves. Um, but in establishing themselves, there were still a lot of other tribes and groups of people living all around them. They hadn't fully um, conquered the entire land of Israel. And so there's a lot of unrest. And what's happened is in this season that Israel has done what they typically do, which is turn their back on God. They started to, worshiping, to worship idols. They've gone against um, the law. Um, they've pushed back on, on following the, the practices of the Levites and the temple and what God has encouraged them to. Um, they're engaging in sexual immorality. They're engaging in idolatry. All these things that they keep getting sucked into for literally thousands of years um, has happened again. And so what God does is God uses other groups of people to get their attention. And this is another moment where God is like, hey, I got to get your attention. And so God would allow a group of people like the Midianites to attack them, um, to maybe inhabit their land, to take some of their people captive. And then he would send a judge to rescue them. And he decides here and chooses here Gideon. And yet in this moment, we see that Gideon tries to pass. You know, like, like I talked about a moment ago, popcorn reading. God said, popcorn Gideon. And Gideon was like, pass. You know, like, I, I don't want to be front and center. I'm not the guy. Let somebody else do it. And so the title of my message today is Passing on Your Purpose, because I think a lot of people have their purpose right in front of them, and they're passing on it. And they're passing on it out of fear. They're passing on it out of hesitation. They're passing it out, out, on it out of doubt. They're passing on it because of their sin, because of their path. All these things that I'm going to jump into today. And yet God is looking for a people that won't pass on their purpose, but will step into their purpose. And so what I want to do today, I'm going to be a little like, uh, it's going to be sort of an oxymoron uh, today during this message, is I want to give you four ways to pass on your purpose, all right? So, so four ways, as you can see behind me, that you can pass on your purpose. So number one is just start hiding, all right? This is what, what Gideon is actually doing. In fact, if you were paying attention when I was reading it, it says the angel shows up, calls out to Gideon. What is Gideon doing? Gideon is beating out wheat in a wine press to hide it from the Midianites, so the moment that God finds Gideon, Gideon is hiding. 
He's in a wine press, which if you know anything about wine press, like that's where you press grapes to get the juice to make wine. But he's actually making wheat in the wine press because he's trying to hide it from the Midianites. He doesn't want them to see so that he has it for himself, for his family, for his tribe. And uh, here's this moment. And yet, what does God speak to him? In the middle of Gideon, Gideon hiding, right? In the middle, middle of Gideon um, in, a, in a place that he's doing something that wasn't even designed for it to do that, God says to him, he says, Oh, mighty man of valor. <laughs> this is what the Lord is with you, a mighty man of valor. God actually calls him a man of valor in the middle of a moment of him hiding. What does that say to me? That says that God speaks into our potential, not always our patterns. And I'm thankful for that. Because let me tell you, my patterns often um, go against God and his word. My patterns, which a lot of you are stuck in patterns, um, a lot of you listening are stuck, stuck in patterns in your life that are detrimental to your life, detrimental to your future. You're caught up in sin. And yet God doesn't only speak to our patterns. He speaks to our potential. And that's what he does here for Gideon. He speaks over him what really he wasn't. Okay? He wasn't a mighty man of valor in this moment. And we see that by his response. And yet God speaks over him and says, Gideon, oh mighty man of valor, I'm calling you. God speaks to our potential. And that's what I love about God. God called me at the age of 12 years old to be a pastor. I was 12 years old. I was a timid, nervous, awkward, lanky. <laughs> um, I had braces. You know, I, 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 was, I was anything but a pastor in that moment, right? I had all these other things. But God doesn't see what we necessarily are in that moment. He sees what we can be. He sees our potential. And some of you need to embrace the potential that God is speaking over you. You've doubted yourself. You've pushed back on anything God has called you to step into. And today, I believe God wants to say, look, I see your potential. There is potential. Maybe you have been someone cowering in a wine press for, for months or years. You've been avoiding your purpose but I'm speaking into your potential because I want you to step into your purpose. I want you to step into your future. So the first way is, listen, to pass on your purpose is to just start hiding. Second way to pass on your purpose is to fixate on your failures. Gideon actually here in a moment that really was shocking when I read it, he doesn't just focus on his own failures. He actually focuses on God's failures. He like calls God out. And he's like, God, you failed us. That's what you've done here. God says, listen, you may be focusing on the failures, but I see that through me, you can be the answer. God actually hears Gideon's question. And, 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 and what does Gideon really say to him? He says, listen, really, God, you're, you want me to step in to rescue? Well, where have you been? That's what he says. And if you... We're listening when I read it. Gideon says, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? The Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. This is his response to an angel that God is speaking through. I would not have been that bold to respond that way. 
But it's obvious that Gideon is frustrated. He's frustrated with his circumstances. He's frustrated with his struggles. He's frustrated with, what, with what's going on around him for his nation. And sometimes we can focus even on what we perceive as God's failures. And I think that some of us have done that. Some of you listening, we've done that. We're like, we don't feel like God has come through or we don't feel like God has answered our prayers. And so we see it as God's failures. And we say, God, why have you failed? Where are you? If you say you're a good God, if you say you got us, why would you do this? You came through way back then, but what about us now? That's what he says to God. He's like, yeah, we heard about it from our fathers that you brought us out of Egypt, but what about us now? How many of you know, like, we are a what have you done for me lately people, aren't we? Like, oh, that's nice you did that, like, for my parents, but what have you done for me? Failure is, is real. Listen, I, I remember um, I was in college and I had a friend and I embarrassed him in front of a girl that he liked. And I didn't intend to embarrass him. I didn't mean to. But I, I, back then and even now, I have this tendency to tease, um, to be a little sarcastic. And I did it to him in front of a girl that he was trying to, you know, it, we're in college. And so he was trying to make it happen. And uh, we, we were in Bible college, though. And... He was speaking the next day at the retirement home. It was a Sunday morning. He was speaking at the retirement home to this older generation of people, and he was preaching a message. And so he, that night, he invited me. He said, hey, I want you to come to this retirement home. I'm speaking in the morning. I really want you there. And I knew he was mad at me. Um, and I said, all right, man, because like, I apologized to him, and he basically didn't accept my apology. And so I said, all right, I'll show up. So... That morning I show up and he proceeds to, pr to preach a 45 minute message on what a true friend is. <laughs> and I was in awe because I'm like, man, these people are about to die. And you're preaching to them on what a true friend is. You need to be talking about heaven, right? Like heaven is coming. Just believe in Jesus and you'll get there. I mean, these people are, they're on the last leg of their lives. Okay. He preached a whole message on what a true friend is. He legit went home that night and wrote a whole message directed at me and made sure I was there. And it was one of those moments where I laughed because, and I still laugh looking back on it, because, man, he went into all the reasons afterwards when we talked about how I was a bad friend. And I had this opportunity um, to just apologize. Now, was he a perfect friend? Absolutely not. But in that moment, I had to own my failures. Mm -hmm. And what I see so often is we fixate on your, our failures and instead of owning them and moving forward, we want to stay in them or we want to use them as a reason to not move forward into our purpose. So we go, well, I failed before. I failed in the past. I, I, I've been known as a failure. And so, yeah, God's bringing me up an opportunity. But you know what? I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass on that purpose because most likely I'm just going to fail again anyways. Or we say, well, God, you haven't come through for me lately. So we don't even want to give God a chance to come through for us in the present or in the future. And we're actually, actually fixating on our own failures and we're fixating on what we perceive as the failures of God. When in reality, God wastes nothing. And the situations that we find ourselves in, often God is using and setting us up 
because that's going to help us fulfill the purpose that we have. So don't fixate on the failure, right? We have to move our eyes away from that and fixate them on God, on our faith in God. And the fact is that God is the answer, but he uses us. And that's what I love about God, that he chooses to use us. So if you're going to, man, a good way to pass on your purpose, number one, start hiding. Number two, fixate on your failures. Number three is focus on what you don't have. Gideon sees his lack, doesn't he? Here, God speaks to him. He calls him. Gideon questions God. And I love that God still responds in a right way and in a loving way. The Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. Like right after he's like, God, where have you been? Like you say you're with us, but I haven't seen you. And then God responds to him and says, you know what? Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. So, man, I just want to encourage you because I think sometimes we question God, we get mad at God, we get upset with God, and we think that that may, um, in that moment, actually eliminate any opportunity of God using us. But God's okay with our emotions. He's okay with our frustrations. He's okay when we, um, when we sometimes like react in a way that's human. He understands. And yet in that, he says, all right, I hear you, but are you going to stay focused on that or are you going to move on? Are you going to move to what I'm calling you to? But what does Gideon do? He focuses on what he doesn't have. So right after God says, okay, I'm going to send you. Go, mighty man of valor. Go in this might of yours. Save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And this is what Gideon responds with. He says, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Me? That's what he's saying. Me? Popcorn Gideon? Pass? How can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest. Did you see that? My clan is the weakest. And I am the least in my father's house. He focuses on what he doesn't have. He focuses on his lack. How many of us are held back by our own self-perception? Listen, for years, all through college, I wouldn't preach. You want to know why? Because I didn't think I was holy enough. I didn't think I was spiritual enough. I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I read my Bible enough. I didn't think I prayed enough. All these reasons. So all through college, I had opportunities to preach. I had people asking me to preach. um, And I would say, no, no, no. I kept saying no. I kept passing. I didn't want to do it. And I'll be honest. I didn't want to do it because I was so focused on me, on what I didn't have, on, on the lack in my life. And the fact of the matter is, God finally got a hold of me and said, Caleb, you're right. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not holy enough. You don't pray enough. You don't read your Bible enough. But it's not about you. It's about, have I called you? Have I anointed you? Have I appointed you? And am I asking you to step out in obedience? And now, all you got to do is obey or not. That's all God asks of us. He doesn't say, you got to be perfect. And I'm thankful for a God that covers my, per- my imperfection with his perfection. Mm-hmm. But so many of us make it about us, and all we can focus on is what we don't have. I'll be honest with you. There are many times on Sunday mornings when I don't feel like preaching. And it's for all the same reasons. Like me and my wife got in a fight on the way to church. That happens. I yelled at my kids the night before because they frustrated me, right? I I thought a thought I shouldn't have thought. 
the day before, when I, maybe even while I was preparing. I lashed out on the road uh, in the moment of road rage. And I mean, none of you deal with that, but maybe just me. Um, and there's been a lot of moments where I walk up, I, I'm walking into church or I'm going to church on a Sunday and I don't feel like preaching because, again, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel holy enough. But you know what I have to do? I actually have to talk myself into what God is calling me to do. I, I will literally talk myself into it. And I remember moments even telling Chrissy, like, I don't know if I should really be leading this church. Like, I've had those conversations with my wife in candid moments when I just was feeling like a failure, when I was feeling like I didn't have enough, like I wasn't doing enough, I didn't have all, I wasn't equipped fully. And yet time and time again, I hear God whisper, it's not about you. I've called you, I've anointed you, I've appointed you, and I'm looking for you to do what I purposed you for. And so you know what I tell myself? I have to tell myself often, Caleb, you were made for this. I, I talk myself into preaching on Sunday morning sometimes. I talk about, I've, I've spoken small rooms and I've spoken some big rooms. I've spoken in rooms of 3,500 people. Let me tell you, you want to walk into that room, that's intimidating. When I've walked onto those platforms and I had to talk myself into it, but I talked myself into it with what God has spoken over me. That I am with you. I am upon you. And then I can walk into my purpose because I know it's not just about me. It's about me being a, a voice for him. That's what he's called me to. In the same way, it is for you guys. I think of Cool Runnings, man. I don't know if you've ever seen Cool Runnings. But I, I grew up on Cool Runnings, all right? I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. And uh, Cool Runnings was my jam back in the day. And I think of this moment where Junior, he's like the smallest, the slowest. Um, like he dress the, dresses the nerdiest and uh, at first they all don't like him and he keeps hurting the team and there's this moment they're in a restaurant uh, or a bar I don't know if I'm supposed to say that but I think it's a bar and uh, and uh, he's getting picked on by these other bobsledders so Cool Running is about bobsledding a Jamaican bobsled team and the, the one guy who they got into it all the time he didn't like him he pulls him into the bathroom and he says stand in the mirror he says, tell me what you see. And he's like, I see Junior. <laughs> you know, he's all like wimpy and, and weak. Like, I see Junior. He's like, no, say this with me. I'll do my Jamaican accent. <laughs> I see pride. I see power, right? I see a bad man who don't take no crap from nobody, right? And he says, say it again. And so then Junior's like yelling it in a terrible Jamaican accent. I'm sorry. Um, Junior's yelling it into the mirror, right? I see pride. I see power. I see someone who doesn't take anything from anybody. And in this moment, he walks out there, right? Like, I'm standing up to these other guys. And it's this moment, right? But I love the imagery of that. And I love the illustration of that. That I think that's what God is doing to us all the time. Yeah. Like, we're looking in the mirror and we're just looking at what I don't have. We're looking at our failures. We're looking at our weakness. We're looking at all the ways that we fall short. All, all, the fact that some of you have dreams to do something in your life, start businesses, like have certain jobs. And you often are questioning yourself. But I think God is behind you going, no, I see my son. 
I see my daughter. They have my anointing. They have my power. They have my authority. They have every dream. They have all the knowledge. They have all that they need to do what I'm calling them to do. What are you talking yourself out of that God is trying to bring you into? I want you to think about that. Because some of you are talking yourself out of things that God is saying, oh, I'm bringing you into those things. No one can talk you into your destiny but you. I just got to be honest. There's going to be other people that come alongside you. We all need that friend like Junior did, his partner to get him in the mirror. But there's going to be moments, and throughout your life, there's going to come a moment where you have to decide on your own. Am I going to pass on my purpose, or am I going to step into my purpose? Am I, I going to pass in this moment? Because I've, I've found in my life there's moments, critical moments, huge moments. And what saddens me is most people, they shrink back in those moments. They pass in those moments. But what God's people need to do, they need to step up and say, I don't pass on my purpose. I step into my purpose. Why? Because it's not even about you. But you know what I love? And hear me in this. If it's not you, if you pass on your purpose, that's okay. If you pass on the purpose that God has for you, God will use someone else. But wouldn't you rather it be you? Like, that's what I think all the time. Like, yeah, God could have used somebody else to plant a church in downtown Sacramento. I felt like he called me to do it. My wife and I, Chrissy, to do it. And there was moments when we almost didn't. There was moments we said, I don't know if I am equipped to do this. I don't even know how to start a church from scratch. How, who even does that? Like, I didn't know. I've never seen that. My grandfather told me, Caleb, why would you plant a church? There's so many other churches you could just go out there and take over. That's what he, he told me. <laughs> and yet I felt like God was telling me to do this. If I hadn't have done it, somebody else would have done it. But I'm so glad that it was me. Yeah. That I stepped into and I didn't pass on the purpose that God has for me. In the same way, God is giving dreams to you. He's giving purpose to you and he's giving you moments where you can either step into it or away from it. And listen, God isn't going to love you less if you step away from it. Like if Gideon had been like, nah, God, like he made a couple excuses, God wouldn't have like loved him less. But guess what? God would have used him less. God won't love you less if you pass on your purpose, but he will use you less. And so I don't know about you, but I want to be used to the fullest potential capacity that I can be used. And so we have an opportunity. Do we focus on what we don't have or do we focus on what God has given us? And last and finally, fourth way to pass on your purpose is keep waiting for a sign. <laughs> Ace of base, I saw the sign, okay? So what does Gideon do? And I didn't read all of it, but I read to verse 11. At the end of verse 11, Gideon's like, and in that verse, Gideon's like, hey, God, I need, I need you to give me a sign, right? Like, if this is you, you need to show me. Gideon keeps waiting on a sign. In fact, in verse 36 through 40, guess what happens? He asks for another sign. This is where we see the first time ever this idea of a fleece. So you guys have heard of a fleece, right? Like laying out a fleece. So Gideon's like, all right, God, I'm going to put this fleece. It's like a piece of wool um, out in the, on the earth. And, uh, and, and he lays out this fleece and he tells him like the first time he says, I want it to be wet in the morning, but the ground all around it is dry. And God does it. 
And then he's like, okay, cool, God, like, thank you. But if this is really you, can I try one more thing? I want it to be dry in the morning, but the ground all around it is wet. And God's like, all right, I got you. And he does it again. And Gideon just keeps waiting on a sign. But you know what I love about God? Is he's so patient with us. Gideon keeps waiting on a sign. You know what God keeps doing? He keeps giving him a sign. I love this because it shows just the patience and the love of God with us. And so I wanted to tell some of you in here listening, because I think some of you are already worried right now in this message that I preached. You're like, oh no, I think I missed my purpose. So I know you're already thinking it. Some of you, you're, you're thinking this. I knew it. Here's what I wanted to tell you. You haven't missed your purpose, okay? It's not too late. Some of you have been afraid of that maybe for years, maybe for months, maybe for decades. But I wanted you to, I wanted to tell you right now, look, maybe it could have happened earlier. But I believe today God wanted to tell you it can still happen. God wanted to tell you, don't pass on your purpose. Not again. Because some of you listening to this have. You pass on your purpose at some point in your life and you know it. And that's why you're sitting there like, oh no, I ruined it. I, I, I already passed on it. God's saying it's not too late. Just don't pass again because you've had all this time go by and God hasn't used you fully and it's time to step in so God can use you to the full capacity and potential of your life. So I want to end today and I want to tell you, look, stop hiding. I know it was kind of an oxymoron message, but now I want to get, I want to make it right with all of you. Stop hiding. Start stepping into opportunities. Stop fixating on your failures. Start trusting in God's faithfulness. Stop focusing on your lack. Start focusing on your abundance. Stop waiting for a sign. Start stepping out in faith. I don't want to be the popcorn person that says pass. Some of you were like that in school, but no more with God. God's saying, I'm not looking for people that will pass on their purpose. I'm looking for people that will step into their purpose and say, here am I, God, send me. Here am I, God, use me. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I will go where you tell me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I will step into the, the territories you want me to step into. So that's my challenge to you going into the 2020. Don't pass on your purpose. Everyone that can hear this right now, everyone watching, don't pass on your purpose because God will use someone else, but he wants to use you. He wants to use me. So listen, if you're out there today, I want to encourage you. Maybe you don't know Jesus at all. And maybe you somehow found this podcast or this, this YouTube message. I just want to tell you, Jesus came to give you purpose. He said, I came that you may have life and life to the fullest. And I just want to encourage you today. Maybe you're listening to this, watching this, and you've never said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Listen, you can't fully walk in purpose if you don't fully know Jesus. And some of you have been passing on your purpose because you've been passing on a relationship with Jesus. And today, Jesus wanted to tell you he loves you. He created you. He has plans for you. There are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And he has a future and a hope for you. And today, all you have to do is surrender the Bible tells us if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all it takes. That's the beginning of stepping into your purpose. And so I want to pray for you. 
if everyone here would bow your heads, if you out there listening would bow your heads. If you want to receive Jesus today, if you want to step into the purpose that's only found in Jesus, just repeat this prayer after me right now. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving me purpose. I ask you to come into me, to lead me. I surrender wholeheartedly to you. Your will, not my will. I love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Lord, I just pray right now over everybody here today listening, all those that are in this room right now, Lord, I just pray that we would be a people that don't pass on our purpose, but we're people that step into our purpose. God, we're people that don't fixate on the wrong things, don't focus on what we don't have, Lord, that, that don't keep waiting, but Lord, we step out and step into what you're calling us to. So Lord, for us, Project Church, going into 2020, we will not pass on our purpose, Lord. We will embrace it. We will step into it. We will walk in faith because we know that you're a God of faith and you have great things in store for us. So Lord, we pray this over us, over our church. We love you. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great 2020. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.